9to5.cc. We're not working. Why should you? Thanks for listening. Welcome back to what is definitely not a brand new episode of the 9to5 Entertainment System. Um, I'm on vacation, and due to, uh, if you've been paying attention to our all of the podcasts that have been going on, our Oshiaga podcasts, our Just for Laughs podcasts, uh, Go Plug Yourselves running, 90S is running. Um, due to all of those podcasts going on, we didn't actually have time to record a 90S this week. So instead, <clears throat> what we're giving to you is two episodes of our Garbage Time companion podcast. We're going to listen to Garbage Time 257 and 256 in this episode. Uh, episode 257 is where John runs down uh, Ernest Shackleton's failed expedition to Antarctica. That's going to be the first episode. And Garbage Time episode 256 is going to be where Scott and I run down the 25 worst superhero movies of all time. So if you've been sitting on the fence and deciding not whether or not you want to... Um, subscribe to garbage time or not this will give you an opportunity to listen to two episodes of garbage time meanwhile on garbage time this week uh we dug up and we unearthed the uh 90s watches crush groove episode it's kind of a hard to find episode not that hard to find but you know it's it's we recorded it eight years ago uh, so we posted that up there for you in garbage time uh this coming friday uh so sit back relax and enjoy two episodes of garbage time and if you're interested in listening to more episodes of garbage time head to patreon.com slash 9to5cc and subscribe to the 90s deluxe level where you will get bonus episodes of garbage time to listen to each and every episode of 90s comes with a garbage time companion episode like these two episodes that you're about to listen to right now I didn't do nothing, I swear. Maybe you just listened to it. Maybe it was just a half hour 90s. <laughs> that was, that's that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. What what garbage time uh, topics? So last week it was 40 degrees hotter than usual in the Arctic and mm-hmm. 30 degrees hotter than usual in the Antarctic. Mm-hmm. It turns out that usually that's not how it works usually one is getting cold while one is getting hot okay in fact right now what's happening is they're both getting hot and um apparently the models were not not predicting this at all so it's way worse than than the models have have said the worst case scenario so this is this is uh like climate change at 11 instead of at 9 or 10 like we thought it was yeah like on the dial on the dial of climate change yeah 11 yeah that's it gross hooray okay anyway that's all i have to say about that so, i was gonna say uh, a couple of weeks ago they're dismantling the ice rink a month ago <laughs> which is real early for them to have done that there's a lot of grass yep. outside of montreal yeah uh it's what you really, were saying it's really hot yeah yes so yeah. about a month ago they found a boat Mm-hmm. Called the Endurance. Oh yeah. Guys, do you guys yeah. read about that? Know anything about it? Yeah, I, I read uh, both um, the journals of it and the history recounting of it. I'm a big Antarctic exploring buff. You know what? Me too. So this is going to be great. I went and I read in honor of the, of the finding. I went and read Ernest Shackleton's book. South. In between the time. South exclamation yeah. point. You're right. In between the time when he got back from that expedition and when he went out on his next expedition and had a heart attack and died, he wrote a book. That book was called South. 
Hmm. And um, it talks about this adventure. So Keith, I'm going to, I'm going to summarize this little adventure for I'm, you. I'm excited. Keith, do you know this you story? Tell me, you tell I know, I know like of it, like I know uh, versions of it, of getting lost. And this is the eat each other and all that stuff. Or is this, or is that another? No, one? not at all. There's no, no, this is the, this is like the great heroic, successful Antarctic disaster of history. And in fact, I think this is probably one of the great heroic survival tales of history, period. Like it's incredible. And it's so it's a the plan recent, is John, it's a recent turnaround that Shackleton um was heralded as a hero. Um because as these things happened, um Walter Scott's great failure uh to reach the South Pole was seen as a British uh, example of stoic heroism and Shackleton's mm -hmm. um, ordeal of not even getting there was seen as like a, a big failure. And it's only been in the like, last 10 or 15 years that these two perspectives have really flipped um, to where Shackleton's actions are seen as like truly heroic and exceptional. And Scott basically just got lost in Antarctica. So, so to paint a picture. That blows my mind. Right? It's crazy. Yeah. Like it was 20 years ago on the BBC where Walter Scott was listed as like one of the top 10 greatest Britain heroes of all time. The heroes of the yeah. queen. And, and Shackleton was not on this list. And then it, it changed in the t last 10, 15 totally years. Totally flipped. Yeah. So, so the so, book is unbelievable. It's goddamn crazy. So I'm, the, I'm, the, the, I'm, things, I'm... the things that he says... Page what? after page, even sometimes sentence after sentence, you read the one and you're like, oh, my fucking God, to experience that. And then the next sentence, you're like, oh, are you kidding me? What the shit? And and then imagining yourself there is incredible. So yeah. so here's the story. So I'm, I'm going to say is, I, I, the, I am a, a potential. Yeah. I'm a, like rope, be Shackleton and rope me into this adventure. Like, why am I getting on your boat? Like, start there. So the, what is he doing? He's. The plan is to cross Antarctica for the first time. This hasn't been done. A bunch of different nations are vying for it. This is the the height. Is this like a northwest northwest passage situation, or was it just like doing it for shits, like they just wanted to do it? So, I mean, if that's part of the whole age of heroic exploration, right? It's like people people think we're going to explore all of the world. Antarctica is like a corner that hasn't been explored. For most of the age of heroic exploration, you it's like there's this condescending white power paternalism bullshit wrapped up into it, where like you know um, Europeans are wandering across Africa Let's and feeling bring like civilizations they to the wild. Exactly. So you, you can like criticize all these guys and all those adventures on a certain level. But when it comes to Antarctica, you don't have that problem. Like Antarctica is a fucking hellhole. And these guys killed themselves to try and get across it. And it's but true. They, it's mostly a dick swinging competition, but they still did, they, did it. Did they know? know that nobody was there? Or were they like maybe secretly hoping for like... Dude, the average temperature is like negative 60 degrees Celsius. Yeah. No, I, I'm not no saying necessarily that they're way. hoping for humanity, but maybe like ice people. Or this, aliens, <laughs> you know, like like that's what I'm saying. It's like like it's inhospitable to man, but surely something lives there. Ah, like, the yeah. mountains, the mountains of madness are there, but that's it. Yes, yes. Yeah. And the, yeah. <laughs> okay, so so the plan is they're going to cross Antarctica, and this is I think the third or fourth attempt that that people made. They had failed many times because Antarctica is hostile and insane. And his plan was him and and twenty four guys in one ship would come from one side of Antarctica. Another expedition would come from the other side of Antarctica and leave behind little caches of food so that after they crossed, they could pick up those caches and go. It does not work out that way. 
his his boat goes, gets trapped in ice flows before even landing on a- Antarctica. Right. John, let me let me stop you there first. Yeah, uh, Shackleton was on the the expedition that Walter Scott led. He just didn't make the pole run, so he already knew how dangerous this attempt is. Like he was on the one that everyone who went to the pole with with Scott did not make it home. Uh, he, he, he's a, a seasoned explorer and knows the, the, the South Pole as well as anyone in the world. Yeah. And he's making this, this run to like cross the whole continent. All the guys who were there thought they were going to make history, you know? Right. And they did, but just not, not the way they thought. Mm-hmm. So the boat, the boat sails down, intending to land on the on the coast in Antarctica and prepare, and then do the crossing the next year or the year after, depending on how how things went. Mm-hmm. They get frozen in ice. The boat, the ice flow that they're locked in, drifts away from Antarctica over nine months. The boat is just trapped there, locked in ice. They can't do shit. At the end of nine months, the boat is shattered into pieces, and sinks. And the guys get off of the boat with all their dogs and stuff, hop onto ice flows and live on ice flows for five months, drifting farther and farther away from Antarctica until they get into warm enough waters where the ice breaks apart literally underneath them. They hop into boats, like the little dinghies, and they had a whaling boat attached to their ship that they would use to like get food and stuff. They hop into those boats and they sail for two days, I think it is, until they get to an island. They land on the island and realize, okay, we're we're hundreds of miles away from where anybody thinks we are. The chances of being rescued here are exactly zero. Somebody has to do something. Shackleton and the and, five. And this, is, this is not a tropical island. This is a rock. Yeah. In the I was going to come back to that. You think in your head when I say island, you're imagining beaches and palm trees. This was like a gigantic, like, like a black rock with a clump of ice on the top of it that is being continuously buffeted by waves, by storms, by snow. They, he, he, there's a whole chapter in the book where he talks about the guys who are on that island and how they would like go out and try and hunt for seal and stuff and then get buried in two feet of snow over a single day. And then, <laughs> and then they would dig themselves out and sit there waiting. Okay, so he hops into a boat with five of his the healthiest guys with the best skills that he thinks that that they have they paddle a paddle life. slash sail a life this is a lifeboat that has been they they hammered on a little a little surface on the front to try and keep waves off of the top and they go 500 miles to another island in the middle of nowhere that they know has a whaling station on it it oh, takes them 16 that. days to make it. And in the time he's talking about, they never sleep. They're fucking getting overrun with water. They're bailing continuously. It's, it's fucking below zero the whole time. He lands on that Island on the wrong side and realizes there's no way he has enough energy, food, whatever, to make it all the way around. So he's going to walk over the Island. The Island is considered intraversible by all of the people who've ever been there. It's gigantic fucking multiple thousand foot high glaciers in between him and the thing. So he climbs across it as he's descending the other side. There's like, you know, there's many, many things that he goes through, but one after the other, he drops behind all of his gear until he stumbles into a whaling station on the other side with nothing but the rags on his back and two guys with him. And he stumbles in and that's the whaling station that he left from a year and a half earlier with two boats and all kinds of food <laughs> and whatever. He hops, he, he gets so he in. He walks back. Sir, you left on a boat. Yeah, <laughs> I, I did. Walking back. <laughs> he, he gets in there arranges a rescue the like the rescue ship can't make it into the island they go around 
he ends up rescuing all 20, 26 guys. Nobody dies. It's, it's the a successful rescue, the likes of which you can't believe. And as I describe those things, I just zipped over, right? Nine months locked in, in ice yeah, and then yeah. five months sitting on a glacier. That's, that's a five months version of this, right? Scott, this was the show. No, no, that's the, uh, no, that's the other that's one. The that's terror, the North. That's the, the North. Yeah. Oh. And that, that that is heavily fictionalized. Yeah, no, no, yeah. yeah there's yeah. actual monsters in that one. You yeah. you don't have to fictionalize a word of this when you like his his journal starts off. The first chapter is like a little dry. We're at forty nine degrees south, sixteen minutes, whatever. It's like kind of boring. And then the second chapter, when they get locked in ice, starts and it's just jaw dropping what these guys survive. They're soaking oh. wet for like two weeks at a shot. They never get to dry anything out. The ice flow that the guy's tent is on. <laughs> Cracks open in the middle of the night. He's like, oh, I'm kind of wet. Wakes up. Uh-oh, ice flow is cracking into pieces. Everybody move. Like, imagine you're you're on a flat iceberg, and then it starts to turn to slush. Yeah. You're like, I'm just going to live here because our boat sank in the middle of nowhere. And wait, what? why is this slushy now? And your foot starts going through the ice like, into uh -oh. the ocean. The water started getting warmer. He, he yeah. talks about like mostly eating raw seal and penguin for months at a time. And like just how delightful it is to have like a like a like rotting hard tack that you find you found half buried in ice when you send guys back to the remains of the boat to try and get whatever. <laughs> it's like. Uh, unbelievable. And then at the end of it all, of course, he goes into the story of the guys on the other side of the continent who were leaving behind the caches. They mm -hmm. lost three men just putting mm -hmm. those caches down. They they like the guy who was supposed to be the dog expert decided not to come at the last minute or he was sick or something and couldn't make it. And they they mismanaged the dogs and most of them died really early. So the guys were pushing the sleds by hand. They they didn't have the right carpenter guy there. And so they didn't know how to properly configure the sled runners on all of their sleds. So it was like way harder to push than it really should have been. I mean, call <sighs> me crazy, but like keep members of the team drop out. Maybe don't do the thing. That does sound like it makes sense, particularly when you're dealing with a place whose average temperature is negative sixty degrees yeah, Celsius. Like, like, like my, my, like my, the, like, what year is this? Nine. Okay, that's the other crazy part. It's 1916. So yeah. as they're leaving, World War One is starting, and they're all terrified. They're like, "Oh my God!" You know, I wonder what's happening off of here because they get no news for a year and a half. They get back mm -hmm. into the whaling station at the end of it, and and he writes in the thing. The first thing I asked is, "The war over? Is everything okay?" And the people are like, no, the world has gone mad. Millions yeah. have died. Yeah. yeah like, this yeah. is so much worse. But and, yeah, so the, they, but like 1916 no, no, to he, go, 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 go. A lot of them got conscripted. Yeah. And then many of them died in, in, in the, the first world war. Yeah. Right after. <laughs> that's, that's a bummer. You get like, home and you're just like, oh, man, you won't believe what I've been through. And they're just like, okay, go get on this Navy boat. You're like, shh. Yeah. Anyway, I, I, I highly recommend the read. It, it's like not that long, a hundred pages maybe, and it's and it's just astonishing the survival tale. It's unbelievable. And it's open source, also. You don't have to pay for it. Yeah. That's yeah. I was gonna say like so traveling to Antarctica in 1916. I I would imagine would be like almost as insane. And when you talk about like preparedness, or whatever, it's like a Mars expedition now. Yeah. Right. And and that's what I'm saying. Again, man, if if the dog guy can't make it. Maybe wait. Well, that's the other thing was Shackleton was not a lord, right? Okay. It was it was people who did led these expeditions were normally like noblemen or or you know 
upper class. And Shackleton uh, led this expedition trading on his reputation more than his name and title. Yeah, because he'd already so, been like, down there and, and so on yeah. and so forth. Yeah. So, like, for them, it was a lot of, like, we're meat and potatoes guys who are going to go and do it. Mm-hmm. And that was also very important to them rather than, like, uh, for queen and country and my fame and my, my honor, that, that shit didn't, didn't, didn't happen in this story. And and so and so they found the the remnants of his boat. So I guess it wasn't like yeah. fully smashed to pieces. It just probably like a good um, chunk of it did, and it like was it was mostly not not to say intact, but it was like from what I saw from like what I the articles and whatever it was like. It's mostly there. It's not like completely shattered. Yeah, I didn't see the pictures of it. I think I think the hull had been like very ser- seriously cracked, and the impressive part was that it wasn't decayed. Something mm-hmm. about really cold waters. I think with the Erebus and Terror is the same thing that they're they're like there was very little rotting that happened once it was under the water. Yeah, because um, there's not a lot of smashed. microbial life. Yeah, in, in waters that cold, so it doesn't degrade. But the the boat was smashed, like at the bottom of the boat. Like it didn't like yeah. get taken yeah, exactly. apart by by a fire or anything. Like it just cracked the hull and sank. It's funny the, the the opening section he talks a little bit about the different um, the like the tools and the the technology they have to use to navigate. Where he just he mentions you know the such and such guy was taking measurements of the using this this particular type of barometer thing. I'd never heard the the terminology he used, and I went and I looked it up just just to see what it was like you know, and they have all these different scientific instruments to measure the air pressure so that they can know if it's going to be storming the next day so that they know how it's going to be. It sounded really oddly Star Trek-y, you know, they're on their ship. They have their experts with the best technology that they possibly have going to insanely dangerous places. They're basically on their own completely for two years, you know, no, no chance of rescue if anything goes wrong and, and they got to survive. You know, the photos are like freaking wild, by the way, if you do look them up, I like, I'm just, I'm just looking at a couple of them right now. Like the, the, the the steering wheel is just like fully intact. Like there's mm-hmm. still like 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 some of the details and like workings of the the cockpit are like still there. Like it's like there's ropes that you can still see. Like it's you you're like this is from 115 years ago. Uh, the the thing that baffles me still to this day is they get in a lifeboat or a little tiny whaling boat and say we're going 400 miles this way and we're going to hit this speck of dust. Yeah, in the ocean, mm-hmm. unbelievable, blows my mind. Navigating yep. by the stars, but like, you, you couldn't find these islands on a globe. Now you couldn't look for them. It yeah. would take you so long. It's just on Google Earth, if you had to scroll around to find these islands, you wouldn't spinning be able to and it. zooming. <laughs> yeah, and they had none of this, and they're just like, "Yep, gonna go right there." And and this is also the most hostile ocean on the planet. Right, like the Antarctic Ocean is just perpetual storms, thirty-foot high waves, nonstop. The section where he's talking about getting through that, he 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 says like the boat is just perpetually being overrun with, um, overrun with waves, and they have a kind of like a buoy that they that they put out, they put in the nose of the ship, and the buoy kind of keeps them facing where the waves are going and mm-hmm. makes sure that the front of the ship stays up. And just before they they land on the thing, it breaks and falls apart in the biggest wave that they've ever gone through that's like 60 feet high or something. And it's just, like, I don't know. You don't, you're sure they're not making any of this shit up, but good God for them to survive it. 
Yeah. The, even he talks about basically getting chemical burns from being hit by salt water nonstop, <laughs> being on the ocean for two weeks. Just your skin starts to erode. It's fucking crazy. Well, that's fun. Anyway, they found it. Look yeah, it up. Google Google some of the photos too, good listener slash you guys. I've, like, I've seen the video. It looks really, really cool. Yeah, it looks like mm-hmm. fine. <laughs> like it looks like if you, they they could haul it up, like patch the hull, and probably set sail in it. Like it even it even says like endurance like across the back. Like it's like the level of decay that you usually see on some of these like shipwrecks are like covered in barnacles and like like coral reefs growing out of it and stuff. And they're like, no, this yeah. just looks like a boat that's did it sink 107 years ago or did it sink like a year ago? It does not. You mentioned barnacle. So Charles Darwin has a fun quote about barnacles. Do you know what that, do you know what that quote is? Enlighten me, sir. The quote is this. No man has ever hated the barnacle as much as I. Why does he hate the barnacle so much? Because he spent 30 years writing what he thought would be his scientific legacy, uh, uh, like scientific reporting on barnacles. He researched mm-hmm. them for fucking years and years and years and years and years and years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fucking hated them. And, and found out about that they were just, you know, crappy sea, sea, sea moss. I don't know what his conclusion was at all. Don't know the first thing. <laughs> but I knew he hated them. <laughs> then he wrote another book and was like, oh, this is all everyone wants to talk about. Mm-hmm. Damn it's like, um, are you here for uh, barnacles? No, we were kind of thinking of like origins. Of sp- I'm only answering questions about barnacles at this Q&A, sir. It's like uh, Don McLean, who wrote American Pie. Yeah. He hates that song the most. Yeah, it's like, well, same thing too. Like the, like the Clash doesn't play Rock the Casbah. Like... Yeah, but the Clash at least have other songs you can name. You can be like, oh yeah, Train in Vain. I love that song. <laughs> you know, Guns of London, Brixton. London yeah. Calling, great, great song. Yeah, name another Don McLean song. I don't know. He was a professional musician his entire life. <laughs> what about Christa Berg? <laughs> Spanish Train. That's it. Yeah, but like, just imagine, like, hey, come to my show. All right, I'm going to start off with American Pie. Plays it. Everyone gets up and leaves. Just like, yeah. I guess I'm. I'm going home early, guys. I once saw George Thurgood and the Destroyers, and they both opened and closed with Bad to the Bone. <laughs> Got to give the people what they want. Exactly. George Thurgood knows what's up. And and his version of like one bourbon, one scotch, and one beer was like 20 minutes long. It, it uh-huh. is, though, isn't it? It's. I think it's normally like eight or nine minutes. Like it's quite long. But like I think the, the story like in one bourbon, one scotch, and one beer was like, fully extended like as though it had like happened to him that day and was like he like threw in like coming down St. Catherine Street and like whatever else like like he like modified it for the city and extended it probably just like looked up like major streets and all that stuff so there's a lot of come off as being a little pretentious when you don't want to play the one song everybody wants to hear a well nation the guy was like, you could tell he was pissed actually singing. People were yelling at him, play sale. Yeah, I think that's that's like the, sh- it's like a little pretentious if you don't want to, but I also understand getting sick of it. For sure. And it's not even like, it, it, that song sounds nothing like the rest of the band's work, yeah. you know, it's their weird off, whatever. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Like, it's like, I'm sure like people are like screaming song two at Blur. They're like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm like, that's not a Blur song. It's probably play their woo. biggest song. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I mean, I guess you got to play it first. If it was me, I'd play it first. Just get out of the way. 
if people want to leave, they can leave. Yeah. You, they don't want to listen to the rest of the stuff anyways. I always think it's weird. The guys were just like, we're not going to play our hit song until the end. We have to pay the wait to hear the thing. But I guess like the thing is, is that that's like the, 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 the artist thinking that he's going to win you over, <laughs> you know, like he's like, you're going to hear something you like. Speaking of the artist, <laughs> no, winning I'm not over, uh, what's his name? Quit Arcade Fire. Uh, the other butler. Yeah. Win? Or the other one? Isn't Win the main one? Yeah. <laughs> the other one. Well, what have they been up to over the. They're, over they're working the on new music. They like literally just yeah. brought new music out. Huh. Like, so I don't know if it was like if he, if, if he finished studio recording with them or whatever, but it was like literally, I was like, I had the same thought. I was like, Arcade Fire hasn't been up for anything. Like they brought out like Reflector, what would be that, maybe 2019? It's been like yep. two or three years that they haven't. That was had. great. Yeah, Will Bowie. Will Butler. Will okay. Butler. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, they haven't done anything kind of since 2018. Huh. And uh, which I mean, I think at the same time, three, four albums and a pandemic and who knows what. I'm sure not ideal when you're a band that big either. Yeah. So it's not insane that they're like they're like it was just they're just on the cusp of like they haven't done anything for a while and then they they brought out new music, but then also Will Butler decided sick and tired of living in my brother's shadow done with this but hasn't he left the band before i feel i seem to i'm not up on my eh. my drama yeah i don't know i know owen pallet left but yeah uh but yeah i don't know i i can see both both ways artists want not wanting to play it or artists wanting to play it and get it out of the way like i know like what are some other other bands like i know lcd sound system does not play uh daft punk is playing at my house Again, A, because it's not a super LCD sound system song, and B, it's kind of like a joke, right? <laughs> like, mm. it's like I, I can, I can, and also they're a pretty, like they're a pretentious New York band, so I can see them being like, no, 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 that's a, that was a joke song, that wasn't meant to be one like our big hit, even though that was probably the like song that most people heard from LCD sound system first. Not dance yourself clean. I think Daft Punk is playing at my house was like. It's Dance Yourself Clean is off of Sound of Silver, which I think is already their second album. Hmm. I think. Anyway. Did you guys ever see... Did you see their Christmas uh, video? Sure didn't. How's that? Check it out. They did a they did a Christmas concert. What, what, it's, it's a pretty good concert to begin with. It was like a, like a live stream thing. But... Uh, and I mean, I guess... It, like they, it was actually made up of record... They think we recorded it over like the span of a week. So it was like live recordings, but then it was still like kind of cut together. But what's wild about it is there's like repeatedly parts of the show where they go backstage. And when they go backstage, the band is like swapped out for like actors. Like, for instance, uh, like Macaulay Culkin plays. Uh -huh. um, what's his name? The lead the lead singer guy like James Murphy. And like the, the entire band is like swapped out for like actors and comedians, or whatever. One of them is swapped out for like a puppet. So there's like. It's like a weird, like '90s, like family, uh, like sitcom backstage, like it's like a laugh track, and people are like, "Whoa!" Like spilling drinks and stuff, and they're like, "Oh, you!" Like, and then they go back out, and then it's more LCD sound system performance, and they keep kind of like going back and forth between like air quotes backstage and the set of where they're performing. I was like, "What a weird thing that they did!" And they just did it for the holidays in 2021. I was, uh, I was like. Good for you, LCD Sound System. 
They were also on Saturday Night Live uh, a week or two ago. They were on the John Mulaney episode, which was a mm-hmm. pretty pretty good one-two punch. Are you are you watching Saturday Night Live? Yeah, we watch Saturday Night Live basically not on Saturday night and not live. Right. Uh, we watch it usually like Sunday brunch. Like we put it on while we're like kind of like making brunch and eating and then just like doing a little chores and whatever. Yeah. Pop it on. Well, like fast forward the musical guest if they're crappy and sort of have pay attention. Mm-hmm. It's all right. Does it? Does, is there? Is there comedy? I kind of. It's been years and years since I was watching. Some it of it's really funny. Like there's, they're, they're actually. I would say this season is one of the funnier seasons in a little while. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the the please don't destroy videos are really funny. If you know them, they're like a, a web comedy web comedy group that they always kind of have. Like they they do very like Lonely Island style sketches. But it, they're I was always ask about them. They're all gone. I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're yeah. they're all gone. Uh, Mike Diva does some of their video things. Like you know how like they because like ever since Lonely Island, when they there's like a at least two or three usually like produced videos now in each mm-hmm. SNL. Like it's not always like live sketches. There's usually like a prepared video, often a prepared music video, because there's like uh, Chris Red does like musical comedy. Pete Davidson does musical comedy, so they have like the guys that are around to do it. But like Mike Diva does a lot of the direction. Mike Diva, who you might know as the director of Sexy Saxman. Mm. <laughs> uh, and also some of the mindless self-indulgence music videos and whatever so like he's actually there as a director for some of their video pieces so they have put like good dudes in the in the machine and they're they're turning out pretty funny stuff hmm. like i mean um and pete davidson is part of the weirdest story of 2022 that is not is involving kanye west and him having a tiff because he's because he's with Kim, Kim Kardashian, Kardashian and branded his name on her, branded her name on his chest. That's really weird. It is really weird. And Why but then also being a hundred percent the bigger man. I don't know if you saw the leaked texts. I did. It's just like he's he's like, dude, you're a legend and you're ruining your own legacy. Like, can we just talk about this? And he's like, come down. And he's like, nope, I'm not talking about like a public thing. Like, we don't need to have like a public showdown for the media or whatever. Just like, can we just talk about this? Like, dudes. <laughs> Apparently not. And he's just sort of like fresh out of rehab. He's like, like, yep, like rehab and therapy really helped, man. Like they helped me a lot. I <laughs> really recommend them. <laughs> like I was like, boy. So, Keith, you you talked about um, John Mulaney, yeah. and uh, I heard two weeks ago my my mind blowing story about John Mulaney uh, and his SNL audition. Uh, you know, he auditioned for the cast before being offered a writer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Do, you know, do you know who else was in that audition with him trying out for SNL? No. Like, it's it's the most bananas list. Imagine you're, you're sitting down, you're like Tina Fey and, and, and Lauren Michaels and just be like, okay, who's who do we got today? Nick Kroll, TJ Miller, Ellie Kemper, Donald Glover, John Mulaney, and Bobby Moynihan. Only one of them ended up in the cast. Can you imagine that it was Bobby Moynihan? (laughs) Somehow Bobby Moynihan. They're like, well, we needed a fat guy. He's the one. (laughs) Did you see his his five-timer club sketch? Uh, No. So Mulaney Mulaney made the five-timer club, obviously, because he he now just hosts once a year, basically, or twice a year even. And like, and Conan comes out and he's like, somehow he's like, we've done it, John. And he's like, like, we've hosted five times. We were only writers. We're not supposed to be on television because we're hideous. (laughs) (laughs) 
I was like, uh, good old Conan. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, good, good on them for both being writers and becoming right. five-time hosts. But like, mm. I can't imagine that could have been an amazing show just if they had taken everyone. Yeah, that that cast would have been fine. Yeah. <laughs> are there any duds on that list? Not really. No, I, no, no, no. I mean, on uh, like who are who are still part of it? Uh, I mean, there always are. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like I I will say, um, like Kate McKinnon is wearing thin. I totally agree. Like her her shtick. I I was a big fan of hers, and it's it's getting to be a bit much. Yeah. What's her shtick? Just wild she, eyes. Yeah, like wild eyes often, like often very like hams it up kind of for the camera a little bit too much and stuff like eh. But her playing a teenage boy is always one of the funniest things in the world. So that's she she always has that pass. Uh and that alien abduction skit. God, yeah, no yeah, yeah. Problem. Alien anytime there's the alien abduction sketch is, is pretty great. It's always like the, the premise is like one of the cast members, the guest star and Kate McKinnon are being like interviewed by the FBI or whatever, mm, like authorities. Authorities, like MIB types, like about their alien abduction experiment. And like and and like the first two are like, it was the most beautiful thing in the world, you know? Like the, they they took us in and like they played us like every note of a harp playing in one beautiful melody like all at the same time and like they showed us like a new way of thinking whatever and then like they keep going on and on that and Kate McKinnon's guy is like that's not what happened to me <laughs> and then just like tells like it's the most awful 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 alien abduction mm-hmm. like, like it's just dead face too yeah exactly just and just like like full of like weird like slang just like she, like flipped my dress up and checked out what was under the hood stuff like like just like all that kind of stuff just, just messing around there with, I want to call it an alien wrench. Like, <laughs> you know, like also just weirdness. Very funny. Yeah, no, except there, there's obviously there's like bomb sketches, but uh, it's they've like recovered. I think Chang and Jost are Chang Jost. Like they're one of the best the weekend update duos. Yeah, ever. Like we're uh, one of the better weekend update like units. Uh, I mean, and like I said, the rest of the cast oh, is pretty yeah. fun. Bowen John, Yang is funny. If you haven't uh, seen Che and Jost, look for yeah. the, do a search for where they write each other's jokes. Oh, it's so funny. It's so funny. It's like the best, best one of the best bits they do is that every year they, they get each other to like, they write jokes for each other. That and... The other hasn't seen and they make them read it out live on, <laughs> on air. Yeah. And Che has said like, he, Jost was the one who came up with it and he thought like, oh, Colin is going to really try to nail me to the wall here. So I'm going to go 110%. And then he got there and he was like, no, he just kind of wrote good jokes for me. <laughs> and I, I went full racist. <laughs> just, they're just like every week, like there's just so many things. Like he just throws jokes under the bus all the time. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> it's good. Good times. Uh, What's his name? Kyle Mooney's still hilarious. Kyle Mooney's pretty much funny in almost anything he's in. Like, and yeah. He kind of reminds me of, um, shit, what's his name? From Night at the Roxbury sketches. No, he's much funnier than Chris Kattan. Nah, no, he kind of reminds me of Chris Kattan too much. Eh, I don't know. I don't, I, I, Chris Kattan just usually like screams and stuff. Mm. Kyle Mooney's, 
very fun. I don't know. I like Kyle Mooney. He's so awkward. I, I don't like that. Oh, uh, yeah. If you don't like awkward, then you're not going <laughs> to, you won't yeah. like Kyle Mooney very much. Uh, but yeah. I like Chris Red. I think Chris Red is funny. Chris Red's, Chris Red's funny. Oh, the, the weekend update skit of the oh shit. What are the guys' names who play Don Jr. and Eric Trump? Oh, uh, Mikey Day and the other one. Yeah. Holy yeah, shit. They're hilarious. Those skits are so funny. They're so nuanced. And the acting is so small as it builds up steam where he's just kind of looking over at his brother trying to mimic his hands it's so funny Holy so he plays like one, one of them plays funny. don jr and one of them plays eric trump and okay. like like while while one of them is doing like a, a very good don jr the other one who's like eric is like the dumb one or whatever but it's kind of like watching him trying to like and like like do the same like moves as his brother and like waving his finger at the same time like very, and, then, very... and and the joke builds up and then you slowly realize that Eric is is an idiot, like, yeah. a, a man child idiot boy who's just there to like keep up appearances, and it it pays off every time. Hmm. Uh, it's really really funny. His uh, so the other the the other guy is. Doo, 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 doo. I thought I would find it, but no, Mikey Day and ugh, what a stupid list. I was like, oh, who's the cast of this? And of course, the first link was a Peacock link. Then it was like, not available in your country. And I was like, cool. Alex Moffat. Uh, Alex Moffat. Alex Moffat, uh, who owns a boat. Like, mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's I, I can't even, it's, an, it's another weekend update bit. I can't even do it justice. Like, how he says things that are like, as, abs- I mean, obviously more rehearsed, but like, way more absurd than like anything that like came out of like Stefan's mouth and just keeps a straight face. Like, like it's full of like, like weird, like wordplay innuendos, but that always end with him being like a small, having a small penis. Hang on. Boat guy quotes. His delivery is like, yeah, it's guy who just bought a boat on dating. It's, It's, Oh my God. It's so funny. So he's like, wait, say first, like first TIP, if you want to please that tease, don't be a skis, treat her the way you treat a man who could give you everything, AKA with respect. I have a small penis and fellas, women live in a dangerous world. Okay. Last week I went on a date with a girl and five minutes into din din. She gets a call from her roommate. That's on fire. She had to split super trash. <laughs> like, and he just like, hang on. No fellas. If you want to make a date like the decimal system, uh, Dewey, Cut to guy who just bought a boat. Listen for all the importante non-verbi QQs. Things like frowning, doing the thumbs down, repeatedly saying, I want to go home. God curse me with a bad dog. That's hog. Tip numero do show. Make sure she is of age, like legit league, because you can't spell Cupid without C-I-D. You must be at least this old to ride this ride. It's a small world. Now let's talk gift suites. Huh. Like, <laughs> it's just... Like, like, and he just runs through it so fast and just does it again and again and again. It's great. And like, and almost never ever breaks on it. Right? <laughs> wait, wait, your breast bet for getting a heart shaved box is a heart shaped box. <laughs> We're talking Jesus. rusty stoves. 
<laughs> We're talking rusty stoves, your go dives, your Lily Truss. That's Lind Lindor truffles. Try and keep up. <laughs> Lily Truss are Lind Lindor truffles. Remember, Choco leads to taco. Jeez. Uh -huh. I feel sick and bad all the time. And speaking of taco, bring your passports, boys, because at the end of the noche, it's time to go south of the border. Gross. Mm -hmm. Anyway, very good. Uh, I think this was garbage time. Everybody. Garbage day. Just like a book. As garbagey as it gets. We definitely. This is true garbage time. <laughs> we no, eat snacks. No, no, no. <laughs> Thank you very There's much. Thank you. No, hang on. Thank you very much for your support, listeners. This doesn't happen without your patronage on Patreon. Oh no! Nom nom nom. <laughs> there used to be like back in the back in the heyday of podcasts, like when when podcasts were on the up and up. There used to be was that like Tom and Mike eat snacks, <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like it was just them eating snacks and like and, and describing it. But there was just so much like. They discovered ASMR without realizing what they were doing. Yeah, it's good. Uh, so you want to talk about this TV show? Yeah, because it'll be fast, but okay. man. Uh, Archer discovered this show, and he started watching it. And I was like, oh, I, I recognize that voice. I recognize that voice. Okay, so it's I recognize that voice. Yeah, it's an animated show mm -hmm. with the craziest cast. Okay. Everyone is on it. Um, so the main, the main voice actor is Tate Donovan, who's just a lifetime voice actor, not a big deal. Okay. But then after that, the Hollywood bigwigs start coming out. French Stewart, Sandra mm -hmm. Bernhard, Robert Costanzo, James Woods, Robert Stack, Diedrich Bader, Bobcat Goldthwait, Matt Frewer, Frank Welker, Paul Schaefer, Dan Castanella, uh, Eric Idle has a role here. Um, Jay Thomas. Uh, okay. Hang on. I, what what, what platform on. is this show on? Right now? Yeah. Like, if you want to watch it right now, it's D+, Disney+. Plus. Okay. Um, so, Disney+, Plus cartoon. Crazy so voice cat. Eric Idle. Is, was, was there? Jason Alexander has, has a role on it. Um... David Hyde Pierce, Jennifer Jason Lee, Lisa Kudrow, Fred Willard, Bill Fegerbecki, uh, Kathy Lee Gifford, Jim Cummings, Craig Ferguson, Rob Paulson, who's a big time. Is it like a Phineas and Ferb thing? No. Jim Belushi, no? John Cryer, Merv Griffin, Nicholas Tuturo, Stephen Weber, Eric Stoltz, Patrick Warburton, Linda Hamilton, David Cross, Michael Dorn, Stephen Wright. Jonathan Katz, Keith David, Wayne Knight, who plays Newman on, on Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah. Reba McIntyre, Tom Wayne, Arnold. Wayne Knight, uh, Wayne Knight plays Penguin in Harley Quinn, the animated series. Awesome. That's perfect. It's great. It's very, very good casting. <laughs> Tom Arnold, David Allen Greer, uh, Ed Asner. And are these like, are most, most of these are like single appearances, I'm assuming? I'm only now getting into the single appearance names. William H. Macy, Vince Vaughn, Jennifer Aniston, Annie Potts, Lacey Chabert, Clancy Brown, Will Ferrell, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Carrie Elwes, Tia Carrera, Chris Elliott, Heather Locklear, Joe Pantoliano, Eugene Levy, Mandy Patinkin. Like, 
I'm, I'm skipping over names because there's some Jeremy Piven, Cree Summer, William Shatner, um, Jeffrey Sorry. Tambor, Miguel it's Ferrer. It's a show. It's a kid's show. <laughs> Jerry Stiller, Sherry O'Terry, Jim Varney, Lou Gossett Jr., Carl Reiner, Jane Curtin, Harvey Firestein, Dom DeLuise, Gilbert Gottfried, George Takai, RuPaul, <laughs> Tim Conway, Florence Henderson, <laughs> Wayne Newton. <laughs> I got Regis Philbin, Ben Stein. Uh, it's it's insane. Paula Poundstone, Dom Herrera, Betty White, Jennifer Love Hewitt, Gene Smart, Jason Marsden, Paul Rubens, Joey Lauren Adams, Jenna Von Oy, Michael so... Ian Black, Nick Stahl, Ryder Strong. All of these people have have acted for this show. What? Like, think about the the volume of names that I just listed who've come on to do this show. So I I, I looked it up. So this is like hard cheating. It's, it's fine. This oh. is amph- amphibia. Nope, it's not amphibia. No, okay. It's from nineteen ninety eight. Oh. From nineteen ninety eight. Okay, because I was like, this has a amphibia has a pretty ridiculous voice cast. Uh, Here, here's so what is it? Here's here's the, the well, number like, one. So dumb number, what, what's the show about? What's the show about? Uh, Dan Castanella, who you'll know plays the voice of Homer on The Simpsons, mm-hmm. uh, is cast as Homer. What? Not Homer Simpson, Homer. Homer. Yeah. That was what, what I was like, oh, damn, that's clever. I love it. Now that's clever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm looking at Dan Cass, like, what the hell? He was on 18 episodes of this show. Do you know Castellaneta is a devout Catholic? Okay, that's fine. Uh, I don't know, just seem it. So no tele- television nineteen ninety eight. I'm just here's the other thing. This show was only on for two seasons. All of these people came in and worked really fast with each other. It's not the. Is it Aladdin's Arabian Adventures? Close, but no. The home. Hmm. The Homer is the big clue there. Homer is the big clue there. Animaniacs? No. Oh. God. Now I'm now I'm just straight up looking at it. Cow and chicken? Uh, I'm just going to tell you. This guess, I guess, is sad. It is Hercules, the animated series, based oh. on a not-hit movie. Hercules for whoa 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 Hercules did well Uh, comparatively not so much but yeah Dan Castanella is playing Homer the the Greek writer I get it I get it it's 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 very clever Mm -hmm. and all of these guys come in and play fifty two episodes sixty five episodes it says fifty two sixty five I guess oh because some of them are like shorter I think yeah um yeah that makes sense there's like half episodes Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what? <laughs> right? 
Yeah, everyone. Which everyone is, was. And bad. And you're saying it's bad. You're saying the show is bad. Almost unwatchably bad. <laughs> it's it's definitely I, not funny. I because I remember it as a kid, like not liking it, like the the show. Because like, I, I do remember it, like Disney Afternoon, whatever else. Because I was already like too old, right. and I assumed that it was bad because it was like because I was always even through like high school and whatever else. Like I could still watch Rescue Rangers when I was fifteen because I like like Rescue Rangers when I was a kid. Yeah. So, but I was like, I maybe, and I was like, oh, I don't like Hercules, and I, I remember liking Hercules the film, all right, too. It'd be kind of funny, and I guess yeah, I was fourteen when it came out. So, but I remember the show kind of sucking, but like not being the worst. It's it's not very clever as far as the main plots go. Hercules has a problem. He needs to learn a lesson. He uh, has a labor or whatever to, to yeah. figure it out. And then uh, grows as a person. $250 million on an $85 million budget. I don't think that's a flop. I wouldn't say it's a flop, but it wasn't a Disney smash hit. It was definitely part of the downfall. It is not The Lion King. It is not Beauty and the Beast. It is not The Little Mermaid. Yeah, for sure. It is still getting very close uh, to Atlantis and Treasure Planet. Still, get, still getting their live action reboot of it, though. Ugh, why? Do you want to know the worst part about it? It's going to be produced by the Russos. Man, that's they made the money. Best they made the best episodes of of Community. <laughs> Maybe they'll be funny. And they did pretty good with the Avengers. <laughs> Think about it. If they did the cast of Community in Hercules, I'd watch the hell out of that. I was like, if they, did, I was gonna say, if they just get the cast of the Hercules animated series and Hercules the live action series, <laughs> what a cast! Like, what was going on that all of these people came in to do this show? All Disney. of them, <laughs> right? But this wasn't a thing that happened in other Disney afternoon shows, was it? <laughs> I'm like, I don't I know. Mean, gargoyles, maybe, but that was just mostly Star Trek people. Yeah, but I'm, I'm I'm looking up the the voice cast for the Aladdin TV series. Because by the way, Dan Castellaneta played the genie in the Aladdin yep. series, and in the second movie, The Return of Jafar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who are the voice actors? Voice actors, voice actors, voice actors. Yes, still not nothing. Like. Gilbert Gottfried was kicking around. He reprised Diago. Uh, sure. Jason Alexander. Jason Alexander getting that money. Mm-hmm. Jim Cummings, Ron Perlman. Like, yeah, there were some voice actors in here. Tim Curry. Ooh, as who? As as Caliph Kapok or Amak Monra. All right, I'm down for that. <laughs> uh, Tone Loke was the voice of Magma. Kate well, you can see what I'm saying. Like, Malcolm McDowell was the voice of Shaman. Like, yeah, like I feel Disney was Disney was getting some some people. Was there like like that's a lot, mind you? Like right. I, for two years, man, I, this, that was crazy. Blew my mind. Never say Nefir was never was one of the one of the one of the shows. Ooh, rough. <laughs> Nailed it. Oh man, yeah, so bad. Yeah, very bad. Very weird though. If you're watching it, you're like, 
Is that who I think it is? Yeah, it is. Weird. It's it's like DuckTales, but bad. Yeah. Because DuckTales is like that. Basically, every time someone shows up in DuckTales and opens their mouth, you're like, whoa! <laughs> you like recognize yeah. it as someone and have to like quickly Google it. I'm in the last two episodes of DuckTales. Season three? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the last adventure. We've only watched a little bit of it here. Just uh, kind of spacing it out, though. Not not because yeah. it's bad. It's great. There, there, there's a, a line of dialogue where, like, at the beginning, it's it's a it's a big multi-part episode. Like, so this is not a spoiler, but like, you'll see it queued up to be like like part one. Like, like it's called like the last adventure, part one, and it's they they string it together and like and in the last adventure, part one, they're like watching uh, they're watching the Ottoman Empire TV show. <laughs> As, as you may have, like, that show of just, like, the brothers who make Ottomans, like, it's recurring in the thing. And it's, like, and it's the series finale of the Ottoman Empire, and they're just, like, sort of, like, it just cuts to it, and they're just sort of, like, whoa, they really wrapped that story up and gave satisfying conclusions to everybody's arc. <laughs> I was just, like, I was, like, oh, that's great. And I was, like, but now if they don't, like, why would they write that dialogue? That's amazing. But, uh, yeah, it's good stuff. All right. So speaking of things that were Where's... bad, though. So this is ScreenCrush.com, where superhero movies. I just found a list of 25. That was mm-hmm. the, I don't think Screen Crush is, I have no no stake in their list, but I just thought that 25 seemed like the right number. Right. Kind of bounced through. <laughs> like, top 50 seemed too many. So uh, number 25, and I just recently read an article about this one saying that it has been judged unduly harshly and it deserves to be revisited. And I think that maybe we owe it. Uh, But number 25 is 1995's featuring a costume designed by Gianni Versace. A Versace costume? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Judge Dredd, baby. Oh, Judge Dredd. Yeah. Ooh, really? They say it's hard. Look back at too harshly. Yeah, I, I literally just—I I just read an article being there were like, like oddly, like much. It's a, a kind of a like, like favorably comparing it to like Verhoeven's like, like RoboCop kind of thing, where it's just like you're like, or or uh, like Starship Troopers, I should say, where you're sort of like the satire is apparently like much better than you remember it being especially knowing how the future kind of like actually went counterpoint rob schneider yes 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 rob schneider i don't think i don't think that you're coming back from that and i I don't think that the the article that i was reading didn't say like it deserves like a pedestal amongst like one of the greatest like speculative sci-fi fiction or whatever (laughs) but they were saying like they were like it was largely regarded as like trash and they were like rewatch it and apparently much more like much more satire than you remember fans of the source material really don't like that movie well he doesn't wear the helmet very often and in the comics he never takes it off ever ever so uh, yeah i'm not a huge comic book judge dread fan i, I a did, lot of it i did really like the carl urban movie the carl urban movie basically the raid but I don't really understand anybody who like like having read like like not an exaggeration probably a thousand pages of Judge Dredd, like 
it was on uh on on one of those uh comic websites and i was like i'm not gonna read a bunch of judge dread like i do not understand anyone who like has a special soft spot for the source material like it reads like basically black and white newspaper comics like like they're like eh, it's funny there's a little bit of satire here and there like the world's all messed up it's pretty crazy that he's like judge jury and executioner but a lot of it's just like his day-to-day and it's like wacky and then he kills a guy (laughs) Yeah, like anyone who's like Judge Dredd is the greatest comic of all time. I'm like, well, there's, I guess maybe like there's ten thousand pages of it or whatever. <laughs> like, so, and it does travel in real time. Yeah, like he, he, all the people in the in the book are that much older because it's whatever a forty year old comic. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, they're, they're neat. It's things. not my bag though. Huh. Uh, number twenty four. Superman 4. That's a bad movie. That's a bad movie that was made for contractual obligations by everyone involved. The rights to the film had passed to the exploitation mavens of Canon Films. So apparently the budget was only $17 compared to the $55 that the first movie made. Or not made, was made for. Cost, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So coming in at nearly like a Comparing it to the first one isn't really fair because they filmed both movies at the same time. So there's definitely like budget savings there. Because mm-hmm. they filmed Superman 1 and 2 at, at the same time. It's a little bit better than its reputation. And also, also apparently... So this article says Reeves Reeves and Gene Hackman still, still like pull out all their stops. As they should. And as, yeah. As, as Lex and Clark. And, uh, and he tries to stop a nuclear war. It's just, it's bad. They have a fight on the moon. Yeah. Dark Phoenix coming in at 23. Ooh, that's, ooh, that's a bad movie. That's on the list very low. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm like, I'm wondering. I was like, this is the seems. I was like, wow, this movie's going to get real bad. Like, this list is going to have to bottom out. Like, we're, we're not even into the teens. And they've already are, they've already popped off Superman 4 and Dark Phoenix. Are they getting worse from here? Yeah, yeah I that, think oh, so. Oh, man. Oh, damn. It's getting worse <laughs> than Dark Phoenix. Yep. Apparently. Wow. So Dark uh, Phoenix is bad, but it's also bad because it's based on a very good story. Yeah. Like, you have the story. You didn't need to come up with something new. They took something good and made it bad. <laughs> So I'm pointed out. Also, Magneto is meant to be literally sixty in this movie, but he's looked like Michael Fassbender. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking fucks. Uh, and apparently, Michael Fassbender is as as they as was I think the case of a lot of them. Fassbender was I was going to say not X not X Men, but like Fassbender was also like one of the saving graces in Prometheus. It's like Michael Fassbender, as he often is. Prometheus, yeah, but not the next one. He was. I also kind of liked him doing double duty as like good guy android, and then back in the Prometheus android. I didn't yeah, mind. Oh, him. Well. all right, get on to the next movie. I don't want to talk about uh, Bloodshot. Movie. Have we seen Bloodshot? I saw as Bloodshot. And? Bloodshot was fine. The Bloodshot wasn't wasn't worse than Dark Phoenix. It's the Vin Diesel. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I know. I'm vehicle. aware of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's cool. They like mess with his memories to make him believe that whatever assassination target they're going for was the person that killed his wife yeah. every time every time so he wakes up 
He's just like, ah, what happened? Someone killed your wife and almost killed you. And he goes out and tries to <laughs> hunt them down every time. It was great. I love that concept. Yeah, that's cool. And and he's Vin Diesel action star, and it's fine. That, that was not a terrible movie. Uh, 2017's Justice League, number 21. Fuck that movie. <laughs> Fuck everything about that movie. That's This is the best. The, the editing is sloppy, the tone is a mess, and the big villain is a generic CGI goober with zero personality or motivation. Would you believe this guy wants to conquer the world? Because he does. Yeah. <laughs> It, it it's so bad it ruins other movies and makes other really really bad movies look good in comparison like, <laughs> everything about it is bad oh no i feel this is this is i this was not that bad they have the amazing spider-man the first one yeah it was, fine. was fine you're being too harsh screen crush it has some great scenes in it the scene where Peter stands up to Flash Thompson is one of the best Peter standing up to Flash Thompson scenes. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It was fine. It was fine. Yeah. I was... I mean, the Green Goblin was a little messy. 2008's Incredible Hulk. The Ang Lee one? Yeah. I have a soft spot for that movie. I understand that it's not great. I really liked the things he tried to do in that movie with the editing and the panels yeah, and the like truly embracing comic book in the movie, not just yeah. superhero, but comic book. Uh, I get it. It's slow and it's weirdly paced and Hulk dogs are bad, <laughs> but I like it. I like that movie. Uh, do, do uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three. Turtles in Time? Hot mess. Yes. That's a hot mess of a movie. It's hard to watch. Yeah, where they go back to Japan. Yep. Takes 30 minutes. <laughs> it takes 30 minutes of this 96-minute movie for them to leave the sewer to get to Japan. <laughs> That's a full first third of the film. Yeah, and I oh. do remember that. Like, the costumes didn't, like, somehow they didn't look as good. Because they didn't have the full animatronic team on, they they ch- ran cheap by using static just, faces a lot. Mm-hmm. Which is super weird. Oh, Green Lantern, yeah, twenty thousand eleven's Green Lantern. A crazy amount of money spent on making a really bad movie. Yeah. Wow, and it's almost two hours too. I I don't think that anyone involved in that movie had any understanding of what character they were working with. And Peter Sarsgaard's in it. Mm-hmm. Also bad in it. Way over the top. He... But hang on. Blake Jeremy Lively's Irons in this film. Is this where Ryan Reynolds met Blake Lively? Mm-hmm. Because Ryan Reynolds was with Alanis Morissette at this time. Hmm. Interesting. Blade Trinity. I love that movie. Shut really? Your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm for it. I love the Blade movies. They get every one of them doing something that I like. The story is great. According to Patton Oswalt, Wesley Snipes and David Goyer did not get along while making this movie to the point where they were only communicating via post-it notes, which Snipes would sign from Blade. Yep. It's even remotely true, even if that only happened once. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's pure the, the, insanity. The best scene in the movie is Ryan Reynolds turning to the camera and going, he hates me, doesn't he? And talking about Wesley Snipes. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, at a, by a certain stage of filming, every shot that did not require a close-up of Snipes was completed with his stand-in. Yep, because he refused to leave his trailer, and when he did, he was often high as a kite. <laughs> yeah, no, that movie's great. It's not as good as two, but it's wait a second. Probably you're like, you're like, I don't like Venom. Yeah, I don't like Venom. Blade movies are much better. Get out of here. Uh, OG Suicide Squad. Yeah, that's that's an easy shot. Yeah, there's there's bits and pieces in there that are really good, and Margot Robbie as Harley is, is fantastic. Have you seen the new Suicide Squad yet? Of course, I have. Okay. Oh yeah, you haven't watched Peacemaker though. I haven't watched Peacemaker. Do you start? No, no. I found a place to watch it, but I haven't watched it yet. It's vigilante, man. I'm there for. It. I found out Judo Masters in it. I'm amazed. Yeah, yeah I thought I mentioned that also. Yes, Judo Masters also in it. Also ridiculous is that Judo Master is so often just walking around with a bag of chips. Just like, <laughs> Keith, like you read, you read all of the weird ass Doom Patrol. I yeah. really think you need to do some deep dives on '80s DC comics not starring famous characters because i mean that was the doom patrol <laughs> there's a lot of weirdos in the doom patrol yeah but like no the ones that tried to take themselves seriously that that failed like vigilante and judo master and which is so great like i i love and i love that about i guess peacemaker and by extension like james gunn where he was just like can, like you can just you can imagine him like going up to dc and being like can i get vigilante and judo master and they're like who and he's like, yes. <laughs> you know, like, he just goes off and does his own thing. <laughs> it's it's like when Arrow cast Wild Dog in their in their show. Everyone was like, who? The guy who wears a hockey mask and a football jersey and shoots people. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> sure, I guess. There's just there's a ton of those guys from DC in the eighties that never did anything and were barely introduced as even part of the universe. Yeah. And I mean, and even even Peacemaker is falls yeah. into that in that category. Oh, <laughs> like, just like, a this... lot of a lot of stuff in Suicide Squad. Yeah. It's so funny. It's great. Uh uh Yeah, Suicide Squad was trash. Oh, <laughs> the sadness of the new mutants. I still haven't seen that. And I mean, you, you told me not to. It would make you so mad. There's so it, many just, things in it that would make you mad. And you don't... I don't even know like how much of a fan of the comics you are. Because I'm a huge fan of yeah, those comics. It. I have multiple issues. Like multiple copies of several of those issues. Just because whenever I see them in a, in a bin, I'm like, oh, New Mutants. It's coming home with me. An enormous hospital for mutants with new powers that apparently is staffed by exactly one doctor. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, and somehow any efforts to try to place this inside of the larger world of X-Men only make it more confusing. Oh. The casting was great. They all inhabit the essence of their characters nicely. The writing is so bad. That script was so bad. They, they had no chance. <laughs> no chance. And it's uh, tied into Logan, too, somehow. Oh, weird. It's, oh, fuck. I wanted that movie to be good. Um, 
Karazor L leaves Argo Cities to retrieve the MacGuffin that will bring her powers home. 1984 Supergirl. Have you ever seen this movie, Keith? I think so. Have you ever seen this movie on mushrooms? <laughs> no. So we have a plan now for <laughs> get together. And uh, yeah, because I don't think there's any other way to watch this movie. It it looks like an eighties nightmare, and you get to watch Faye Dunaway act like a new age witch. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> all kinds of crazy and a little bit creepy, and yeah, yeah, I want to watch that on mushrooms. <laughs> Put a post-it note: Watch Super Watch Supergirl on mushrooms from Blade. <laughs> <laughs> I, I no, I want to get. Blade. The three of us should get together, watch it high as, as kites, and, and record right after. <laughs> Real good audio, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. No, 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 a 10 minute episode. It doesn't need to be an hour. <laughs> <laughs> um, X Men Origins Wolverine. Yeah. I'm, I'm shocked bad. I didn't crack the top 10, honestly. They're going to go with some big name bombs and they shouldn't have because this movie is unforgivably bad made the wrong decision at every point and started off with two minutes of good fun we didn't sign up for this hugh jackman logan's growls at liv shiver's victor one of many lines in x-men origins that also functions as meta commentary for the awfulness of this film (laughs) (laughs) others include we've done enough you look like a man fixing to do a bad thing. And my favorite, wake me when it's over. Stop hitting him. He's already dead. <laughs> Did you watch that, that video clip video I sent? Yes. Yes. I so was like good. 20, I was like 20 minutes. And then I was like, all of it's perfect. <laughs> Just split seconds of Simpsons. Still hilarious. The best, the best parts of the first 10 years of the Simpsons. Yeah. <laughs> Super Nintendo Jobbers. That one gets you every time. It's so funny. As long as I've known you, you laugh at that and bring it up. It's like, because there's, there's no reason for that line. <laughs> I think you bring it up every time you see a Super Nintendo. Probably. <laughs> In your head, it says Chalmers afterwards. Exactly. If someone says Super Nintendo, you're like, Chalmers. <laughs> It's so funny, like it's it's out of nowhere, and also the the mill pool just cracks me up. Oh, hey Bart, I can't drop my glasses in your pool. You're you're wearing your glasses, Millhouse. No, I'm not. And then signs his cast mill pool. Uh, uh, man, number eleven. I have not seen this. Uh, but I, this is some. This is like something to put in our back pocket for worst movie ever. Maybe for you, Ethan. Okay. Steel. Did you see 1997 Steel? 1990. Oh, uh, Shaq. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Ooh. It's it's like a sci-fi movie, like sci-fi TV network movie. It's yeah. not bad. It's just not made to be good. Shaq misses basketball shots in the film and then shrugs to the camera. <laughs> Why? It's yeah, no, you're you're watching like Sharknado. It's it's bad but good. It's yeah. fine. It's it, it 
it's watchable in its badness. This is pretty scathing, though. They're like, Steel feels less like a movie and like and more like a disastrously unfunny SNL sketch stretched to feature length. Like Sharknado. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's exactly what it is. It's like a made-for-TV cable superhero show. Uh, the reboot of Fantastic Four, like the 2015 Fantastic Four? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a bad movie. I don't know if now it's worse than Wolverine, Wolverine, though. It's, oh. it's bad because it's bleak. It's like dreary, and it's it takes so long on their backstory. It's like 45 minutes before they even start to go into the negative zone. Cosmic rays. Like, it's... Ugh. Sometimes it's, it's a bleak horror movie. Sometimes it's an effects-laden uh, superhero film. It feels like it's a mishmash of ten different kinds of stories, and none of them fit together. It is like a salad made out of lettuce, gummy worms, and carpet samples. <laughs> With Mike's Hard Lemonade as dressing. That, also, that's very good. <laughs> also, the thing is naked for this entire film. <laughs> he doesn't yeah, no. have his little trunks. Yeah. <laughs> He's just a rock man the whole time. There's there's not a lot of, of good that went into that. I wow. corporate interference all the way around from character design to casting to script. And apparently it it's been... still it's still made money though, right? Like cuz it was like at a certain point and I rem- I, I remember uh, I have to check wait bo- is it box office mojo? Yeah, it did not make a ton of money, but it did not like bomb the way fantastic for box office mojo. I remember uh, I was in Taiwan in um, uh, in 2015, and there were posters for this mm-hmm. everywhere. So it only made 56 million domestic, but made 167 million worldwide. So like, it only made 40 million dollars, but like, it still didn't like, it didn't lose money. And apparently, yeah. I think that, and I had read that that was like at a certain stage of filming or whatever. They were like, "Just screw it. We'll just make money in Asia by like just making like putting a bunch of advertising or whatever, and it's just going to be an effects dripping mess, and we'll just like sell it there." Yeah. No, like... I'm. There's other movies that made me more angry on this list, but this one I don't. I don't want to watch again. <laughs> Um, rubber ears on the outside, 1990s, Captain America. It's it's MST3K bad. It's so bad. It's funny. It's it's Samurai Cop bad. Mm-hmm. Like there's my favorite scene in this movie. White House, the Red Washington DC. <laughs> <laughs> the Red Skull has tied Captain America to a, a, a rocket, and he's going to fire at mm-hmm. the United States and, and blow up whatever the lincoln memorial or something mm-hmm. and he, cap is tied to this rocket and he reaches over and grabs the red skull by the wrist and is like if i'm going you're coming with me so the red skull grabs a saw and looks down at their two hands and cuts his own arm off <laughs> <laughs> like they're right there and cap's hand right there holding his own hand this cap would and recoil it, and let go and get blasted off into the sky 
no. He's like, the only way out of this is to cut my own hand off. Matt Salinger's cap costume looks pretty good, but he almost never wears it. And instead spends a weird amount of time stealing cars by pretending to be nauseous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's goofy and it's cheap and it's very 80s. It's Jumps. fine. It's it's Jumps funny and it's badness. Yeah. Uh, oh, I bulletproof monk. Fuck that! I love that movie. That movie's great. It's here. Here's here's the hot take on this. It's better than the comic book. Whoa! Yeah, yeah. Sean William Scott is a much more interesting character than than the bulletproof monk in the comic. So, um, apparently, like fun movie facts, Sean William Scott did more of his own stunts than Chow Young Fat. And he's like, when Stifler is the most committed stunt performer in your action movie, you've made a mistake. Did you like the rundown? I did like the rundown. Then you'll like Bulletproof Monk. It's fine. It's fun. He's good in it. So whoever wrote this true story, when I saw this movie 20 years ago, I was actually the only person in the theater. (laughs) Uh, yeah, no, 20- I stand by my statement. That's that's the biggest mistake they've made on this list so far. 2014's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, sure. The bad. Mm-hmm. Bad. Turtles with nostrils and dumb jokes. Bad movie. And Michael what Bay. self-respecting New Yorker, turtle or otherwise, eats Pizza Hut pizza? Huh. Yeah, no, bad. They're like, they're like, how do you how do you get that wrong? Give them a New York pizza. Like, I get it, it's sponsored, but who cares? Give these yeah. kids a New York pizza. I've watched the new TMNT show, like you said. Eh, it doesn't rise. Yeah, rise is good. Give it a chance. I've watched two or three episodes now, and and it's it's. I don't hate it. I'm not like, bleh, but I'm just like, it's just it's a little. There's a little too much like frantic kids show. Like... Yep, but it's gonna get to an emotional denouement. Okay, and it, it'll build up. Yeah. Oh, 1997 Spawn. Hmm, that's way high up on this list. It's not good, but it's way high up on this list. Yeah. It I, and and that's the thing is, I was like, I feel that the, the this author is punishing Camp more than necessary. Because I, I yeah. also was like, it was not good, but it was like, intent, not inten- seemed to be intentionally campy at a lot of times. Well, yeah, when you cast John Leguizamo as the violator, yeah, you got exactly what you wanted. It's not like something unpredictable happened. Yeah. <laughs> and if you'd uh, seen the like very good HBO cartoon, it's not that far off. Mm. Ooh, it's the just spirit. got some. Oh God! Ooh, that's a bad movie. Good cut though. <sighs> that's a good pull because that movie a... is real, real bad. That is a slapback. That that movie. Got a and, 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 and the worst is you know, uh, helmed by none other than Frank Miller, who we now know is absolutely the worst. Like we suspected in two thousand eight, but mm-hmm. now we know he's the absolute worst. It's it is exactly why Robert Rodriguez needed to be there for Sin City. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you saw what Frank Miller had learned from Robert Rodriguez, 
and how he misused every lesson. <laughs> Just the spirit was real bad. Yeah. Hard Ooh. to watch. Electra. I don't hate Electra. I did not like Electra. I don't hate it. I think it's better than, than Spawn, even. Electra, the world's greatest assassin, is so thorough about her work that she scrubs her foreboards constantly to ensure she leaves behind no DNA that can be traced to her. And she's so careless that she hangs out with her nosy new neighbors in the middle of an assignment, and also so dumb that she doesn't realize that her new neighbors are her assignment. Wah, wah, bah, 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 bah. Yes, the script is not not great. The action is <laughs> fine. The action yeah. is fine. The effects are fine. That that guy who attacks with his tattoos looks cool. There's stuff in there that's that's fine. Just so long as you like Jennifer Garner. Mm-hmm. And apparently Jennifer hate... Garner didn't uh, reportedly didn't even want to do it, but was uh, contractually required to because of Daredevil. If you hate everything she's done, like if you don't like Daredevil, you don't like Alias, then it's not going to be a lot there for you. Uh, I have I'm not seen this, but I've heard it is pretty bad. Number three, Jonah Hex. I saw it. It wasn't bad on watching it. And then when you stop to think about it, it was kind of like, oh, no, I just ate at Burger King. <laughs> you know that feeling when you just finish a Whopper and you're just like, oh, yeah, that was. Oh, no. And so you, you know why? You know why? I think the the author of this, who uh, I feel we'll have to credit. um points out the reason that you didn't hate it is because the reason this is not dead last on this list is because it's only 80 minutes long so it's hard to like really hate yeah, it's like huh you're like oh, i got some shootouts i got some whatever cowboy stuff <coughs> exactly uh so who is the author of this oh, i mean i guess that's, uh it is matt singer this is incidentally from from like two months ago so i just wrote this article there's, there's um, lots of problems in there. It just doesn't sit well. Uh, yeah, 2004's Catwoman is coming in at number two. No arguments there. <laughs> we covered that one at length. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then cats bring her back to life. What, what is it about? What is going on there? It's so dumb. <laughs> she has all of Cat's most famous abilities. She's very agile, always lands on her feet, is the world's greatest basketball player. <laughs> isn't just selena like a kyle real cat <laughs> is not selena kyle is not selena kyle and again i think he does not make the joke that i made but it was it's perfect but pituff was making a cat space woman he was not making cat woman yeah. <laughs> he's making a cat woman movie just, oh, just baffling. Imagine making a, a, a Batman movie and you're like, my also, name is Steve Jenkins. I live in New York City. I'm a janitor and I'm Batman. Yeah. What? Also, there has never been a more poorly edited movie. The entire cast wears the exact same clothes two days in a row. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's true. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Someone clearly decided to recut the movie and turn the first day events into two without bothering to reshoot anything. Uh, like she, I was like, it's true. She goes back to bed and then it's like, Sarah was like, wait, she's back at work. It's like, everybody's dressed the same. 
It's amazing. <laughs> she clearly goes to sleep, then goes back to work the next day, and everyone's dressed the same. Man, uh, what tops Catwoman? Oh Ooh. my god. This this is this is uh, a, a Jamie Kennedy film. Oh god, it's the um the mask. None of the mask. That the oh, man, does that even count? I don't think that counts. It's based on it's a comic book movie. This was it was it had a theatrical release. <sighs> a theatrical release, and it is certainly based on comic books. So the Jim Carrey's mask appeal, part of the conceit was that putting on the mask allowed Carrey to unleash his manic unfiltered id, along with his gift for impressions and voices. In Son of the Mask, Jamie Kennedy's character almost never puts on the mask. The dog wears it for some reason. And then when he does, he's stiff as a board, despite the fact that they go out of the way to make him a frustrated cartoonist in order to give him a reason to act like the way Carrey did in the mask. It even sounds like they dubbed another voice actors over to make him sound more like Jim Carrey. The whole second act, and I am not making this up, is about how Kennedy's dog is jealous of the family's new baby, so the pup delivery puts on the mask to kill the baby. Don't worry, the baby's fine. He was born with mask powers for some reason. I promise you, nothing in your life will prepare you for the sight of hideous plastic CGI baby pissing and puking on Jamie Kennedy. That's... That's rough. Yo. Ben That's Stein bad. is in it. Why is Ben Stein in it? <laughs> I, Stein. I mean, like that Disney Hercules money dried up. Yeah, I know. And he gave away all this money on that on the game show. <laughs> you remember that? Win Ben Stein's money. Yeah. Do you know who he plays on Hercules? Trivia. Nice. The... <laughs> Yeah, Son of the Mask. That might Son of the Mask might be a uh, another pull for for best worst movie ever. Oof, that's a rough one, man. Just Maybe the plastic John... CGI baby pissing and puking all over the place just sounds like just that scene alone. That sounds too much like Garbage Pail Kids. Yeah, but John might watch it. Yeah, he might <laughs> like it though. Who knows? No, weird about that stuff lately. <laughs> uh, the only the only major disagreement I have there was Bulletproof Monk. That movie should not have been on this list. It was fine. Well, let alone in the top ten. Yeah. No. Like I, I feel no. like uh, what do we say? His name was Matt Singer. <clears throat> boop boop boop. Yeah, I feel like Matt Singer. Matt Singer just really did not enjoy it. He must have like gone on a bad date to watch that movie. He said he was the only person. Maybe so. Maybe his date stood him up. There you go. That sounds right. <laughs> like Matt, Matt, girl never showed up. You put that way below, like, Green Lantern and Justice yeah. League. Like, there's some hot I mess. Kinda, I think there. that maybe, like... Also, he didn't put Punisher on. I thought the Dolph Lundgren Punisher was going to be there. Yeah, yeah. But that's a Punisher movie where he doesn't wear the skull. Ooh, but who knew that he would be so ahead of his time? <laughs> right. <laughs> and everybody does parkour. So much parkour. I was watching, it was on, I think it was, it, it, we we often put uh, like shitty action movies on Tubi for Zelda mm-hmm. to watch when we're gone. So then we'll be like, <laughs> when we come back in, there's always like some random action movie playing and like Punisher was like, it, it had like looped into like a second or third movie of like, you might want to watch. So it was like, we started her on like some Schwarzenegger movie, whatever. We came in, it was Dolph Lundgren's Punisher. 
and just dudes just doing flips just running and doing flips at all times every bad guy just, possible just weird choices in that movie yeah they kept trying yeah. to, i think all the punisher movies are pretty bad yep like they they never got that right until the show yeah no like it's such oof. an easy thing to get right <laughs> the the thomas jane one has poor ugly rebecca romaine <laughs> The that, that's the one where that's, oh, no, wait, no, wait, that's the one with flips that's the one with all the flips the thomas jane one thomas jane one is with all the parkour uh, no no the dolph lundgren is like an 80s movie yeah it's a japanese yakuza gang yes yes yes, yes. No, it is it's the second one that has everybody and it's jigsaw is the bad guy and non-stop nope, that's the third one the third one is full of parkour God, jigsaw all... has the um not thomas jane in it the the Thomas Jane one, he, it's John Travolta. Right. <sighs> Jigsaw's in the third one, Warzone. Yes. Punisher Warzone. That's the one with all the parkour. That's the one I yeah. walked in on. Ray Stevenson, I think, yes. plays the Punisher. And they just run around smashing mirrors because Jigsaw's like, I'm ugly. Thomas Jane has um, Kevin Nash in it. He fights the Russian. Wow. Yeah. Fun times. This was garbage time, everybody. So trashy. <laughs> Got to hit pause. Stop. Thank you, Patreon subscriber, for uh, subscribing to our Patreon. And that is how you got to listen to 90s Garbage Time. Uh, If you think that that is worth uh, $3 a month for two episodes of Garbage Time, maybe tell your friends about it. Like I said, we do love the support. Uh, We love to hear from you. And obviously, we love to hear from our patrons. So if you like Garbage Time, uh, tell people that for $3 a month, you can get two episodes of that and plus a bunch of other perks. And obviously the original 90s will stay free on 9to5.cc from here until forever. Thanks again. We love you. 9to5.cc. Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.